Uh, If you have your Bible, I invite you over to Romans chapter 2 this morning. Romans chapter 2. We're going to continue in our series free going through the book of Romans this morning. And as you're turning there, you know, it, it occurs to me that throughout life we accrue a lot of a different affiliations uh, with different groups and things. And affiliations in life are even starting earlier and earlier. Uh, you know, these companies, especially with the internet and everything else, always are looking to collect demographic information. So they always want you to somehow affiliate with them. And, it, you know, you get your club cards and your discount cards and you get your key ring. You don't even have keys on your key ring anymore. You just got cards that are there. And, uh, and, every, and they're trying it early and early, like my kids even. They want a Lego club card and a kids club card. And, I mean, all they really want is their information, right? They want to be able to, you know, hit them with advertisements all of their life. And it occurs to me that we all have these affiliations, That started at some point in my life. And I started to think about some of the past affiliations I had in my life. And the reality that past affiliations don't necessarily mean they're going to get you anything in the present. It doesn't mean it's going to get you what you want in the present. But I started thinking through some of the past affiliations I had. And I started going through a little drawer that I have in my desk. That when I pulled it out, Wendy said, you better tell them. This is your junk and not mine. Because she does not keep this stuff like I keep this stuff. But I I said, hey, you never know. It may make a sermon illustration someday. So I had things in my drawer like these two things here. I got my I got my blockbuster card. They might make a comeback. and uh, I, got, I used to work at Market Basket. That's right. Still says Demoulas on it for those of you that are local. This is 20-some-odd years old. I don't know why I still have it. For, for a day like this is why I still have it. Uh, but my past affiliations don't always get you. If I walked into Market Basket tomorrow with my little, you know, name card on and, and started bagging groceries... And I think I could show those guys a couple things about bagging groceries anyways. And start, you know, they'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, 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 it's right. I'm in. You got it. I'm affiliated. Or if I like went to Netflix and took my Blockbuster card, you know, like, hey, hey, you know, I want to get, I want to get a, I want a VHS tape. I want to, you know, that. And then I went, and these are, these are kind of harmless. Wendy didn't care about these. These were, the next one. Is, is, is the one that really she wanted me to give you a disclaimer about. So I have all kinds of past affiliations. So, uh, in fact, these ones aren't actually mine. This next slide is belong to a kid named, you can show the slide, uh, belong to a kid named uh, Ricky Piccarello on the next slide. Do you have that one? You don't have a next slide? Oh, good. You don't, you don't even have it. There you go. Uh, but they are, uh, good, I don't even have them blown up. Uh, they are the, my Bill Ricca Memorial High School uh, class of 93 school ID. Got that? Wait, wait, I go further back than that. In middle school, I was a part of the ski club. Had to have an ID for that. Never know when you're going to need that again. Show up for the ski club. You know, but if I showed up now and said, hey, I got my ID, or if I showed up, uh, I got my Hyatt. Oh, yeah, there we go. See, that's not me. That's a kid named Ricky Piccarello that don't know him. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I don't know why. I've got a key card to the Hyatt. Um, I was affiliated with the Hyatt at one point. If I go there now and try and slip this in one of the doors, I'm guessing it's not going to get me in. I got my Walt Disney World card. That's not going to get me anything right now. All kinds of past affiliations that we have in our lives. But here's the reality. Past affiliations to different places won't always get us where we want to go now. You have all kinds of past affiliations and accomplishments in your life. But the reality is they may not get you what you want now. We look at each other often through affiliations and accomplishments. Maybe you're hiring someone for a job, and you don't know them, but they give you their resume or their CV, and you look at them, and you look at the schools that they went to and the past jobs that they had, and you don't know them, but their past affiliations tell you something about them. And maybe you end up hiring them based on these affiliations. You say, wow, they went to the right schools. They had these great jobs. And you end up hiring them based on their affiliations and only find out later that they can't, you know, do the job you hired them for. But you hired them based on these affiliations. Often we look at people in our world through the lens of affiliations. What school did you go to? What town are you from? Where did you grow up? Who do you know? These affiliations in our lives. So maybe it's not surprising that when we come to church, and sometimes we bring that same type of thinking with us. More specifically, if we are not careful, we carry this same type of thinking right into God's presence. Now, you and I would never say this, but it's almost like at some point we walk into God's presence at some point and be like, do you know who I am? And I think God would, you know, kind of come right back at us and say, do you know who I am? That's the real question, right? But sometimes we walk into God's presence based on what we've accomplished or maybe who, what church, or what we're affiliated with, and we somehow might think that that carries some weight with God. Well, in Romans chapter 2, the passage we come to this morning, Paul is kind of getting at this point of affiliations and accomplishments and how we sometimes think they're going to get us what we want or they're going to carry some weight with God, but perhaps they don't carry near the weight we might think that they do. I'll just remind you that Romans is a letter written to first century Christians. So Paul is writing to people who call themselves Christians. Um, It's written to Jewish believers and Gentile, non-Jewish believers. And this morning... This passage in chapter 2, verses 17 to 29, he's really talking very specifically to these Jewish believers. So they have an affiliation, an affiliation that they think will mean something and maybe accomplish something and maybe give them something with God that they want. Perhaps you and I at times also think that our affiliations and accomplishments are going to give us something that we want with God. So let's listen to what the Lord says uh, in Romans chapter 2, verse 17, the word of God says this. Now if you, now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know his will and approve what is superior because you are instructed by the law, If you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of the knowledge and truth, 
You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. Paul started out his letter to the Romans, we talked about a few weeks ago, by telling them that he's not ashamed of the gospel, that it's good news. The gospel is good news that Jesus Christ has come, that everyone that puts their faith and trust in him can have forgiveness of sins. What he does next in the next passages, the ones we looked at the last couple weeks, the ones we're looking at this morning, is systematically lay out a case for why everyone needs Jesus. He does this by arguing in the end of chapter 1 why those who don't know Jesus but have some knowledge of a creator need Jesus. Last week we talked about how there are some people who are religious, those who do religious acts, but then they end up judging others need Jesus. So we said last week was doing and not believing. And many people do the works of God, but they don't really believe. This week, in this argument, I have called it having and not believing. We have affiliations. We have accomplishments that maybe we think are going to carry some weight with God, but perhaps we don't really believe. This is about those who have a knowledge of God, an affiliation, an accomplishment. They were given a knowledge, but they don't really believe. Why is this relevant to us? You might say, Pastor, Paul is talking, you know, to Jewish believers in the first century. How does that relate to us? Most of us not Jewish in the 21st century. How does this relate to us? Well, there's just this. This is what I'd like you to consider this morning. It's possible. It's possible to trust in Christianity without trusting in Christ. It's possible that you might come to this church every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and that ultimately your trust is not in Christ, but your trust is in Christianity, or your trust is in a religion. It's possible to trust in the institution of the church without really ever being a part of the church. In fact, the longer you have been a part of the church, I think the bigger the risk that you can fall into the temptation of trusting Christianity and not trusting Christ. Paul starts off this section the same as he started off the last section that we talked about last week, and that's with the pronoun you. He says, you call yourself a Jew. 
I want to, again, this week, consider the same question we considered last week. How do you know if you are the you? How do you know if you are the you he's talking about here? I think the main point of this passage can be seen right down in verse 27. In verse 27, he says this. He says, you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. Let me just arrange that sentence a little bit and say, take out the middle uh, phrase and move it to the end. So the last two lines here, you are a lawbreaker, even though you have the written code and circumcision. And maybe that helps us understand exactly what Paul says. You are a lawbreaker, even though you have all these affiliations and accomplishments, even though you have all these things that you would point to to show that you are a follower of God. You are a lawbreaker, even though you have the written code and circumcision, this outward sign of your relationship with God. You have this, this written code, this knowledge of God. You have this, and you are still a lawbreaker, and it's not enough. And so it's relevant to us this morning because I want to know, how do you know if you are the you Paul is talking about, that you might be that religious person that is putting your faith in Christianity and not in Christ? Today, the question is, do we put our confidence in our affiliation and our accomplishments for our salvation? Do we trust Christianity or do we trust Christ? So I'm going to give you, just like I did last week, three things to watch for. Three things to watch for that can help you maybe discern whether you are the you. Three things I apply to my life to figure out if I am the you uh, or if we are the you. Who is the you that Paul is talking to? So here's three things to watch for to find out if maybe you are the you that Paul is talking about in this passage. And maybe you and I have something that we need to repent of before God. And the first one is this. Watch your language. Last week I said watch your pronouns because sometimes we want to say they are the ones that need Jesus instead of us. This week I would say watch your language. Not in the way we normally use that phrase to watch your language. But watch your language when it comes to the labels we apply to ourselves. Paul says you who are a Jew... In other words, there's this identification and this label that you have upon yourself that you have a hard time separating yourself from. Let's bring this home a little bit more. Paul might say, now you, if you call yourself a Christian, it's interesting that he uses the if again and again and again, and that must have really grated against his readers. What do you mean if I'm a Jew? What do you mean if I have a knowledge of God's word? What do you mean if I'm a teacher? Of course these things are true about me. What do you mean if I'm a Christian? That's kind of what Paul's saying. You, if you are a Christian, and we hear this, and Paul's saying there's this label you apply to yourself, and it may be hard to separate yourself from the label. But here's the point. When our label becomes our lifeline, it ends up being a liability. When our label becomes really the lifeline that we point to, it really becomes a liability for us. Tim Keller says, many people identify with religion on the basis of their nationality. Because you are British, they are Anglicans. 
because they are Italian, they are Catholic, because they are Greek, they are Orthodox. You know people like this. They feel their religion is part of their nationality and they are proud of it. If you tell them they are lost unless there's something more than that, they feel like you, ins- you are insulting their culture and their country. And you know what I mean by this because you've had conversations like this with people. We can see it easily in others, but it's hard to see in ourselves sometimes. You try to talk to someone about Jesus. You attempt to share the gospel with them. And they say, oh, no, 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 that's right. I, I, I see what you're doing here. I get, that's all right. I'm a Catholic. Don't worry about it. Good. Or if you were down south, they would say, oh, don't worry about it. I'm a Baptist. Worry about it. Good. No problem. I see what you're trying to do here. But, don't, you know, don't worry about me. I mean, it's, it's the labels that certainly come to mind. In other words, I have my affiliation, and I'm good with God. Don't worry about it. But then something within you wants to cry out, I'm not talking about your affiliation. I'm not talking about whether you're Catholic, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Pentecostal. I'm not talking about your affiliation. I'm talking about what you do with Jesus. I'm talking about, do you know him? Do you love him? We have this language all around us all the time. How people label themselves and identify themselves. You come across this, people you talk to. I remember hearing uh, a guy was out in the common one time and for a prayer day, and the guy you know, was talking to his friend, and he said, I'm an Irish Catholic Democrat, not necessarily in that order. And I thought, yeah, but what do you do with Jesus? And if I was to ask that person, but what about Jesus? I think he would say, I said I was a Catholic. And we might say the same thing. Well, I, I said I go to church. I said I was a Christian. I said I was a Pentecostal. I said I go to Assemblies of God Church. Isn't that enough? Sometimes we put in our affiliation and substitute it for what we believe about Jesus. And sometimes all we've done is replaced one label with another. Think about it this way. Here's a picture of a tree of the kind of the Christian faith, one simple depiction and I know that's hard to read from back there, of kind of the history of the Christian faith. And so at the bottom of this tree, you've got Judaism, and then Jesus, of course, comes onto the scene, and the church is born. And so you've got a holy Catholic apostolic church for 15, well, really for 1,000 years before the Eastern Orthodox Church splits off. You've got just the Catholic church is one church. Then you've got the Armenian, Coptic, Eastern Orthodox, which is Russian and Greek, uh, that kind of those branches break off a little earlier than the others. 1500s, you've got Martin Luther and the Reformers. Those branches break off. You've got Lutheran. You've got Reformed. Uh, you've got, and then eventually, a little later, the Anglican branch breaks off the Reformed branch. And then off the Anglican branch breaks the Methodist branch. And then off the Methodist branch breaks this holiness group. And eventually, the Assemblies of God branch breaks off there. But here's the thing, every one of those branches, every time someone thinks that they are following Jesus better than the person below them on the branch. And look, I'm all for it. I will debate and talk theology with you all day. I think we need to rightly interpret the word of God, and I think we need to get our doctrines right and all of that. But here's the thing, sometimes we just exchange one box for another box and one label for another label. And so we would say, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm I'm Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Assembly of God, Anglican, whatever it is. We just throw the label on it. And we think we've somehow answered the question. What you are, where you belong, 
where you attend or spend an hour or two a week is not the answer to the question of do you love Jesus. It would be like me coming up to you that are married and asking you, do you love your husband? Do you love your wife? And your response being, well, I'm married. I didn't ask you, do you, do you love your husband? Do you love, well, I can show you the certificate. I, I wouldn't have got married, you know? What do, what do you mean? I'm married. It's the same kind of answer. Do you love Jesus? Well, I go to church. I get the membership. I can show you the membership certificate. You know, I, I got the certificate I put on the wall. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I got the certificate I can show you. But that's not the question. Because what I would say to you is, okay, I understand that, but here's the reality. I know plenty of people who are married and don't really love each other because the certificate's not enough. I didn't ask you if you were married. I asked you if you loved her and if you love him. It's a different question, and it requires a different answer. Because if I say that I love her, then you can reasonably expect to see evidence of that love in my life. If you say that you love him, I can reasonably expect to see evidence of that love in your life. And if you say you go to church, I may not, may not have any expectations of that, but if you say you love Jesus, I can reasonably expect to see evidence of that in your life. Your life should look different because you said you love Jesus. And so our language is important. If I say I love God, or am I pointing to the label on my life? Because a label as my lifeline becomes a liability. It's not about the label, it's about who's Lord. It's not about the label, it's about whether Jesus is Lord in your life. The label is really insignificant. The label as your lifeline becomes a liability. So watch your language. When people ask you about church and your faith, what comes to your lips? Is it the label or is it your Lord? Second thing, uh, not just watch your language, watch what you put your confidence in. Watch what you put your confidence in. You look at the beginning of uh, this passage in chapter 2. It says, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know his will and approve what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in dark, and an instructor for the foolish, this idea that your confidence is in these things, your confidence is in your knowledge of the law, your confidence is in your knowledge of God. So if I could word it in a way that maybe you and I would hear it and relate it to our lives, you who call yourself a Christian and rely upon your Christianity, you who talk much about your special relationship to God, you who know the will of God and approve what is right, you who are convinced that you are a guide to teach others, an instructor because of your knowledge and truth. Do you rely and is your confidence in your affiliations and your accomplishments or is your confidence in the Lord? I listen to people's language when they give a testimony or share their story. And I love hearing people's testimonies. I love hearing people's stories. But I listen to people's language for them. And I listen for this. Do we talk about Mount Hope or do we talk about Jesus? I think sometimes when people share a testimony, they think the pastor wants to hear them say Mount Hope. What I really want to know is are they talking about Jesus? Because if they're not talking about Jesus, then we at Mount Hope didn't really do our job. 
When we come to Jesus, the focus is not the church, it's Jesus. Mount Hope did not save you. Mount Hope did not pick you up. Mount Hope did not redeem you. Mount Hope did not change you. Mount Hope did not transform you. Jesus did all of that. I hope that Mount Hope loved you. I hope that Mount Hope pointed you to Jesus. I hope that Mount Hope told you about the truth. But the truth is that our job is ultimately just to point you to Jesus. See, directing someone to something and being the destination are two completely different things. If I went to the Grand Canyon and came back and just told you about this great sign they have at the Grand Canyon, and I said, oh, man, you know, you've seen signs, but you've never seen a sign like this. I mean, it's a different sign. You go on the highway, and there are those green and white signs, but this is the Grand Canyon sign. You know, it's stone, and they've got the raised letters, and they got the National Park sign, and it's just an incredible and wonderful sign. And my life was changed by this sign. I came to that sign, and I am so different because of that sign. I mean, my perspective on everything has changed because of that sign. You would think I'm crazy, and maybe I would be a little bit, because the sign didn't do any of that. It was my experience at the Grand Canyon that was beautiful and breathtaking and really what you want to hear about. Otherwise, here's what might happen. You might drive out to Arizona and you might go to the sign and you're taking your family and you went across country and you're like, oh man, Pastor Rick told me about this sign and it was life-changing. And we are going to go to this sign and we are going to have such a, you, you kids, oh, you've, you've never seen a sign like this sign. And you bring your family up and you stand in front of the sign and you're all just kind of standing there going, that's a nice sign. But I didn't really do anything for me. It kind of looks like all the other signs. kind of looks like I expected it to look. And it doesn't really do anything for me. I don't know what the big deal is about it. You know what people you brag about Mount Hope might come to church and say? Eh, kind of like what I expected church to be like. I don't know what all the fuss is about. That's kind of what I expected to happen when I went to church. It's nice, but it doesn't do anything for me. That's because it's not about Mount Hope or a church or the church. It is about Jesus, and he is the only one who can do something for you. And so if you and I are constantly pointing to the sign, people are going to think that the sign is what it's all about, but it's not about the sign, it's about Jesus. So who do you put your confidence in? And this is a, overlaps a little bit on the last point of our language. When people hear you talk about the difference that's made in your life, do they hear you talk about your church or do they hear you talk about your Lord? And I hope, like I said, that as Mount Hope, we point people to you, to Jesus, and we point you to Jesus But I hope we are never pointing at ourselves. We are always pointing towards Christ. Be careful if you say, my life was a mess, then I came to Mount Hope. Because Mount Hope, nor any other church or affiliation, makes no eternal difference in your life. You and I are no less under the wrath of God sitting in these seats than sitting in the seats in the subway. What we ought to say is, my life was a mess, and then I came to Jesus. And Jesus is the one who made the difference. And Jesus is the one who changed things. And so if you want the change in your life that I have, you need to go to Jesus. 
And you can come to Mount Hope and hear about Jesus, but it's Jesus you need to hear about. I don't want any of us to be an evangelist of Mount Hope. We ought to be an evangelist of Jesus, sharing the good news of what he did. And maybe what happens, I know what happens, is we say Mount Hope or some other church name because it's less offensive to people sometimes in saying the name of Jesus. And while it very well may be less offensive, it is also far less truthful because it's not the church that made the difference. The church is just where you found Jesus. It's Jesus that made the difference. So is your confidence in the church that you attend or the church of your church attendance, the money you give, the teaching, the ministry you have, or is it in Jesus? Watch where you place your confidence. Third and finally, watch yourself. Same one as third point as last week. Watch yourself. Verses 21 to 24, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? And we might say, no, no, I don't do any of that. You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? Oh, you got me on that one. As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. What Paul is saying here is not every Jew that he was writing to would say, oh yeah, I steal, I commit adultery, and I, you know, I, I rob temples. Not every Jew would say that, but what he's saying is some do. And the same affiliation and accomplishments that you claim, they can claim. And so they're not enough to save you. And the same affiliation and accomplishments you claim Other people that you say, oh, they're not right with God can claim those same affiliation and accomplishments. And that's what Paul's saying. Because you would look at the person committing adultery and Paul would know just as much as anyone, they would say, oh, that person's not right with God. Well, they have the same accomplishment and affiliation you do. And if it doesn't make them right, what makes you think it makes you right with God? Paul's saying it's not enough. It's not enough to know the affiliation, the accomplishments, to know if you are the you. Paul is saying, watch your life. Is Jesus a name you hear a lot about on Sunday and maybe talk a lot about on Sunday but doesn't really come up the rest of your week? Is prayer something you do on Sunday but during the rest of your week you look to other means in your times of struggle? Is the Bible something you hear only when it's read on Sunday and don't really find time for it to read it during the week though you find time to read all kinds of other stuff on the internet? Do you find time for everyone else in your life, but not time with God? I'm not saying these things to make us feel guilty. What I'm saying is to ask us to evaluate and watch ourselves. Because if these things are true about us, I'm just saying, maybe we've put too much confidence in the label. Maybe we have put too much confidence in, I went to church on Sunday, now I've got to get to the other stuff in my life. Maybe we have put too much confidence in the label we wear and it has become a liability in our relationship with God. That we think our affiliation and accomplishments are what's going to matter with God. But it's not. And that's what Paul's saying here. Saying you might have the right affiliations, you might have the right accomplishments, 
but you need something else. You need the gospel and you need Jesus in your life. You might have a grandma that prayed for you every day of your life and, and just, you know, loves you and she, you know she's close with God and you go over her house and you say, oh, throw up one for me, grandma, and she's close with God. But you've heard it, God has no grandchildren. You got to know him yourself. You got to know him yourself. Watch yourself because it might be that if you look at your life during the week that you might be just living a life that says it's my affiliation that matters, not the life that I live or the things that I do during the week. It's a little bit like, I'm willing to guess those of you that um, maybe you have a job and, and you went to a college that helped you get that job, but I'm guessing that now that you're on the job, you rarely talk about the college you went to. I mean, it got you in the door, but it never comes up in daily conversation. And I'm afraid that's sometimes the way we treat Jesus. It gets us in the door and gets us what we want, but we never really integrate it and apply it to the rest of our lives after that. After that, we just say, God, I can take it from here. And we're trusting in an affiliation and an accomplishment and something we did in the past to get us what we want in the present. And it doesn't work that way doesn't work that way. Let me, as I close, just give you two different scripture passages that show and illustrate how our affiliation and our accomplishments are not, don't carry the weight that sometimes we think they might with God. Acts chapter 19, this one about affiliation. I'll read it to you. It's pretty self-explanatory. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who who were demon-possessed. They would say, here's the affiliation part, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a man named Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. See, what they were saying is, look, I know Paul. I'm affiliated with him. Do you know who I know? Do you know who I am? They're trying to cut the line. They're trying to get up front. They're trying to get in based on their affiliation. And even the demon spirits know it doesn't cut it. Your affiliation doesn't matter. If you sit in these seats week after week after week, it's not that you are closer to God. If you have not accepted Jesus, you are actually piling up more judgment and wrath against yourself because you are having truth given to you every week that you're refusing to respond to. It is not affiliation that matters. Affiliation won't get you anywhere with God. It's what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? It's not affiliation, it's not accomplishment either. There's another passage in Matthew chapter 7 where uh, Jesus says, many will say to me on that day, a day of judgment, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. But we accomplished all these great things for you, Lord. I don't know if any of you have cast out demons, but these people did. You've done a miracle? They did. Prophesied? They did. All these things. All these great accomplishments. And Jesus said, yeah, but I never knew you. 
I, I never knew you. You never knew me. I was never Lord of your life. This was a game to you. This was, this was, you did this for some kind of gain or some kind of influence with men. You did not do it because you loved me. And so he says, I never knew you. It's not about affinity, affiliation. It's not about accomplishments. Your acceptance with God is not based on that. So here's the bad news. For those of you that grew up in the church and, and you've been a part of the church all your life and, and, and this has been you know, important to you and, and this has been great, the bad news is you do, it doesn't matter or mean anything when it comes to being right with God. But here's the good news. The good news is your affiliation, your accomplishment doesn't matter or mean anything when it comes to being right with God. What matters is what you do with the gospel and Jesus and whether you accept it or not. You might have been attending church all your life or maybe this is your first Sunday. Maybe you were born on a pew or you don't even know what pews look like. You think they all have chairs. Maybe you had your first solid food at church or you just started coming and went to a church dinner recently. Maybe your first words were John 3.16 or maybe your first word was a curse word. Maybe you have your baptism certificate mounted on the wall. Maybe you don't even know what baptism is. Here's the good news. It's not about your affiliation or your accomplishments. It's about what you do with Jesus and the gospel. When your label becomes your lifeline, it becomes a liability. But when Jesus is your Lord, all the affiliations and accomplishments are not what matter. It's about responding to the gospel. The last part of this part of this passage sums it up well. Paul says, uh, "No man is a Jew if he is one inwardly in circumcision." Uh, I'm sorry, no, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly in circumcision. Is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code? Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. It's the inward change evidenced on the outside that matters. It's not the label. It's the Lord that makes the difference. And so that we would all with the great hymnist be able to say and believe in our heart and our life, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. That's all Paul's trying to say. Don't try and stand on your affiliation. Don't try and stand on your accomplishments. And one day when you stand before God the Father, judge of heaven and earth, and it is just you and God, don't bother bringing up affiliations or accomplishments. Don't bother saying you were a member of Mount Hope and how often you attended church and how many things you gave to you. Don't bother. It's not going to matter, and he already knows. The only thing in that moment is on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. I fall upon the grace and the mercy and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have no standing of my own. That's what matters. That's what matters. I ask you this morning to examine your own heart. Is it your affiliation that is what's important to you? Is it the label that you hang on to? Or is it Christ, the Lord, that is ultimately what is important to you? Let's pray. Father,
Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, in, in light of a passage of Scripture that is so easy to apply to someone else and so hard to see in ourselves, Lord. Father, a passage of Scripture that's so easy to point the finger at someone else and so hard to point it at our own heart, Lord. But I pray that you would search our heart and that you would help us to see the plank in our own eye, the deceit in our own heart, the times in our own life where we at times have put more faith in Christianity and not in Christ, more faith in the label and not in the Lord, more faith in our affiliation rather than Christ. God, I pray that you would show us our times in our lives where we've done this. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that just now is realizing that it's not about religion, it's not about labels, it's not about affiliations and churches, but it's about Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would come to them, that you would, uh, Lord, respond to our cry this morning, that you would be our Lord and not just a label. And if that's you here this morning, I encourage you. I encourage you to confess that to God. Confess to him, God, I thought it was about religion. I thought it was about a label. I thought it was about attending church and checking the box. But now I realize it's not about that. And I hear this talk about having a relationship with you. And I may not know all of what that means, but that's what I want. If that's you this morning, I just encourage you to speak those words to your heavenly Father and let him know that you don't want a religion. You want a relationship with him because that's what he wants with you. Because that's what he wants with you. Father, would you hear the prayer of our hearts and would you help us, Lord, to be a church that doesn't point at others and doesn't point to ourselves, but is known for pointing others to Jesus. Let it be true of us in Christ's name. Amen.